Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to How to Cope. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend psychotherapist Lucy Clyde will be talking about how we can look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis and beyond. Because whatever type of pandemic you're having, it's hard on all of us. So let's try and get through it the best way we can by talking. And how, how have you been, Lucy? How are you feeling about the state of the world? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I'm all right, actually. Yeah, I'm all right. really? Yeah, no, really, I've, I've had a decent week on that front. I think um, the, the initial shock and alarm of the, oh my God, it's looking... The, the, the back from the summer bump has subsided and I've got into a bit more of a groove. Um, but you, I, and I've, I've found a really good displacement activity and I, that's that's where I go. What is it? Well, I've decided. Uh, is it legal? It's legal. It's all right. Okay, we can talk legal. about it. If it wasn't legal, I'd just, <laughs> I'd whisper. Um, okay. But no, it's totally legal. I, I've decided that there's a very urgent job that needs doing in my house, uh, and it's the the, the 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 sitting room floor needs varnishing, and oh, okay. that has become in my head. I, I know it's not urgent. I I do know this. I fully appreciate that in the grand scheme of life, this is not urgent. But in my head, it has become the most important job, and I know when that happens, that is absolute displacement. That is me just not finding other things to think about that I, I can control need. and that are constructive and that aren't you know terrible terrible news I need my own I haven't found my I haven't found it yet okay I'll, I'll I'll tell you what that's my homework for me for the week isn't it that I'll I'll let you know how I'm getting people, on people were doing jigsaws weren't they in deepest <sighs> lockdown something really I know I know there's something but depressing I mean, about a jigsaw for me I'm just okay. like what's the point yeah, that no, would make you, me feel worse. Okay, so you, but you, but I think the point is that it's very, very, very absorbing in that it's, moment. It's Finding that one piece is becomes everything, and I, I think you probably you might want to. Well, I'll do that. Um, so we've got another, we've got another guest on this evening, don't we? We've got oh, yeah. someone else who's going to come and talk to us. Very exciting. I know this branching out is really is really thrilling. I'm really really enjoying this. Yeah, it's as if we've never spoken to anyone else in our lives, isn't it? And and we're getting really overly excited about, you know, co- communicating with another human. But yes, so we've got... Um, it's, as if, it's as if that is the case. Yeah, yeah who, knew, who knew how close to the truth that actually is? Um, 
Um, so we're talking to Steph Douglas. Yes. Um, aren't we? Who is, I don't know whether she describes herself as the managing director or founder, but um, she runs the business um, Don't Buy Her Flowers, which is a very, um, it's a brilliant online business. Um, and she's going to tell us obviously about how it was running a business during COVID with a family, yeah. with all the yeah. all the pressures that you would have as well um and how that affected her or how she felt she got through it oh here she comes hello hello hi hi, hi steph hi sorry you okay yes hi. yeah hi you're okay yeah i was on one the other day not the only earphones i had <laughs> they're cool i like those they're my nine-year-old sons um, <laughs> and I was doing interviews for Henry Literary Festival and I was like, I don't think this is the vibe that they want. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much um, for doing this. So I think firstly, it would be really helpful to know, um, for you to explain really what your business is, because obviously I want to ask you how that was affected by um, the pandemic. So I know that, you know, you came up with the idea of Don't Blow Her Flowers mm-hmm. after you had your first or your second baby oh, I don't I know my first but I didn't start it until my youngest at the time my youngest my second one was two and my eldest was three nearly four wow okay. so start, so it's a four-year process how, how many children do you have just just Ooh. so we know what you're actually dealing with okay you have three children right and 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 at the moment uh, as we're speaking how old is your eldest nine and how old is your youngest two wow and the one in the middle is eight so I had two close together and then had a nice back gap for five years before okay. five years. Oh, so it's so it's safe to say it's not stretching things at all to say you are a woman with her hands very very full indeed uh, like today so I should have okay. put it through but Monday I have the youngest at home all day so it's our special day <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I run a business, and then the other two kids come home. So it's just this chaos of still trying to do emails and the one day. You're having it all, Steph. This is called having it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you start. So don't buy her flowers. Yeah. Came out of the very real, um, well-meaning but pretty useless tradition of people buying you tons of flowers when you have a baby, right? Yeah, exactly that. So I had my first and so nearly 10 years ago and I had about eight bunches of flowers and I worked in advertising at the time so there were these big sort of impressive bouquets and I hadn't hadn't given it any thought until that point and obviously when the doorbell was ringing you kind of oh I didn't know there were gifts because I hadn't had a baby before and people send things and well wishing that's all lovely but as the flowers kept coming I was just like god I haven't even got anywhere to put these and also I just that for me um, I think for most people, if they're honest, that first bit is really overwhelming, especially yeah. for the first baby. So having to look after something while dealing with the overwhelm and the leaking and the weeping and the joy and the highs and lows and everything else, it just doesn't make any sense. It's a really weird gift, if you think about it. It is such a weird gift. And it's it became a bit of a kind of people who didn't know what else to buy when like, oh, just, you know, we'll get you some flowers. And, you know, I certainly got Something for mum, you know. It's the gift from people who haven't had babies yet or from companies. Yeah. People who've had babies give you very different things, I found. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And also it's just 
it's effort, isn't it, to think yeah. of other things. And yeah. so that that was very much where it came from. And then um, it, it was about the, our gift. We initially were gifts for new mums. That's what we launched as. And, and that was like four years after having my first baby. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like an overnight thing that I did. I went back to work, I had the baby, went back to work. But it just kept, I kept, and also more and more friends. I was in that phase where everyone was having babies. Yeah. And so I would send them like magazines and chocolate and they'd be so grateful, like so much more than was necessary for what I'd sent them. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. Because it was so much better than a bunch of flowers. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like I, if it was, because I was on maternity quite a bit in those first few years, I'd take a fish pie or whatever and leave it on someone's doorstep. And again, they'd be so grateful. And it was just like, that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a really weird thing that people still, you know, that everyone sends flowers. So you started the business with, like you said, with the new mum thing. But um, obviously it, it kind of grew, didn't it, after that? You started, you know, mm-hmm. diversifying and offering all sorts of different gifts so yeah and that was so six years so um it's been a long six years in some ways but also really quick and now yeah birthday is actually our number one reason but new mums is still in there get well bereavement and we've just launched a kids package um we work with down up to cancer so there's so many reasons but it all is is the same thing so it's all the occasions when someone might send flowers and you actually they would love some cashmere socks and a gin tonic you know like a lovely thing <laughs> who wouldn't come on I mean frankly but yeah um gonna make them feel like someone's thinking about them and that what I had underestimated it's quite an interesting probably from a therapist's point of view but the the bit that that I completely underestimated when we started and I guess it's where it came from but I hadn't really thought it through it's that human connection and empathy and that's become the reason that you know we get with people oh she cried when she opened it or people yeah. say oh my god this was just what yeah. I needed it's the fact that you're now you're creating these moments that, you know through through people buying your 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 gift boxes yeah. um and then that's creating those moments I'm interested to sort of explore where how how you know the pandemic affected your business so in terms of before before lockdown mm-hmm. you know you'd already, you've been established for quite some time I guess business was good was it yeah, everything so sort of... we've, we've grown year on year since we launched um I could give you some really boring business chat but I won't but we it's been really good we haven't taken investment so it's been just self-funded I didn't take a salary for a good few years and then I had taken a sort of pitiful salary but because for me it's more about growing the business and we worked out that what we could cope on at home and basically living off my husband's salary um and we've incrementally so we've kind of added another person and then we moved out of the I did it from my house for the first two years and did everything so that was full on um and then we moved to warehouse my brother took over the warehouse in Gloucestershire um and then we've just added one person at customer services and then another person packing and then another accountant and so until now I think we've got about 20 people and brilliant but but lockdown basically uh it went mental so we're kind of the growth we're experiencing at the moment is massively been impacted in, in a positive way from COVID, which is really weird to get your head around. Um, but basically the week of the week before Boris announced lockdown was Mother's Day, which is yes. our big one. That Sunday was the literally the day before. That every year for us is a big one. Lots of businesses and give businesses it's Christmas, but for us it's always been Mother's Day. And so we were busy anyway and we were like watching it get busier. And then that week was the week everyone suddenly went, oh, shit, I'm not going to be able to see my mum this weekend. 
it was suddenly real when it was rather than jokey elbow yeah. touches. Yeah, all that elbow knocking. Yeah, business. yeah, jokes yeah. about washing your hands and singing happy yeah. birthday. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. You know, this is big now. And the school closure was announced and we were on the rain that week as well with the, in the gift section. And so it just went off and then it just kept going and it kept going. So in June, it was actually our busiest month of that period. And then it's come down a bit, but we're seeing it start to rise again now because you've got Christmas and more lockdowns. And so it's really weird because also it was like I had to protect my team and they were obviously feeling anxious, especially that first week, like everyone in the country. It was like that anxiety of what does this mean? Should I be going mm-hmm. to work? We didn't have to close. But at one point I woke up, I think it was the day after Boris, I woke up and rang my brother and was like, I think we're going to have to shut the warehouse. Like, I don't think we should be open because it felt immoral maybe because everyone else was having to stay home but we didn't have to and I didn't want the team to feel like under pressure which some of them and they were all feeling wobbly which you would because yeah. should we be going to work my mum doesn't think I should be at work because some of them were younger or anyway so we had to just spend a lot of time we're talking with each other and talking with all the team like constantly for that first couple of weeks and just saying if you guys don't want to come to work don't come we'll work it out and then actually it became almost a saviour for everybody because it was our focus for the last how many months. So it sounds like um, that immediate, you know, that immediate period for you was like just taken up with the, the like intense workload because obviously, like you said, the orders were going through the roof mm. and you were kind of dealing with that as the kind of immediate priority. Yeah. What was, what were you feeling personally about the pandemic in those oh. first sort of, early days it was you... so weird because obviously the kids being at home like there's three of them and the the whole when there was a couple of weeks wasn't it and then it was Easter holiday so I think it was like the whole homeschooling thing the big two who are who were seven and nine they can sit and learn and read and do maths and blah blah, yeah. blah. but there's a two-year-old charging around just bashing stuff with a stick that sounds extraordinarily stressful and like I mean you must have had your hands so full were there that business of trying to hold down a job and homeschool at the same time I think so many people were in that situation Mm. and I don't know about you but I know that I experienced some real lows and you know one or two highs and moments of quiet victory did you did you have any of that did you have the lows and the highs I think in that first bit uh, it was head down, crack on. We've worked for six years for this in a way. The challenge was the logistics of it because some of our suppliers weren't able to supply. Some of our team weren't able, you know, had to work from home because they had kids. So it was just, right, well, we've got, to res- we've got to solve that, we've got to solve that, we've got to solve that, and we'll have to find another supplier for that. And Because a lot of people were open, it was just some weren't. Okay. So it was just waking up working 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 kids working working kids kids and just and just and I think I run on adrenaline I work quite well under pressure obviously at some point that you crack so for that first bit I think it was like well I'll just we'll just keep going head down we can do this and my team were amazing because so I've got two of my best mates work with me someone I used to work with who's also a very good friend my brother they're all in it they've been in it for a few years so they're in the business they're not they want it. They're not just staff. They're they're kind of more invested than that. More yeah? invested, and they they want to make it work. So they're trying to find solutions as much as I was. So they were made. I mean, I kept getting quite emotional. That was probably the biggest thing. Oh, okay. In the first couple of weeks, I was like, "Thank you so much," because they. Were so just- it was that business of people being there for you that was 
was that it was it the kind of the 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 fact that actually you know people were pulling together and it was a team effort that was so kind of disarmingly lovely yeah it was and I have responsibility like and I feel that responsibility like quite often I don't sleep very well or I haven't in the last couple of years Mm. like I can't fuck this up I can't just stop now I can't go had enough of this I think I'm just gonna because it's there's people paying their mortgages or their rent or their childcare or so I do feel that um, but the, so in that first few weeks, if anything, I felt slightly less of that because I was like, well, I don't need to worry financially because the money's coming in. So I've just got to keep making this. OK, um, so it, it, it's interesting, actually, because um, I, I'm really interested in that idea of, of people or businesses that did well under COVID. Um, because obviously the most reported and still continues to be the most reported are the industries that are like being decimated yeah. or falling over now and the massive amounts of people who've lost their job and will possibly lose their job in the next few months yeah. um and how if you are a business that you know because you're online and because you're doing gifts and people couldn't get to the shops you know so obviously it was a, it was a no-brainer yeah. um to order from you how did that sort of sit with you that like you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, the idea that you were doing really well yeah. because of a pandemic. Really, really weird. Um, <laughs> because especially because I've got loads of friends who are small businesses and running business. My brother runs a pub, you know, so I'm speaking yeah. to him and you're all right. And he's like telling me what's happening. And obviously it's terrible. And he's like, but you're doing OK, aren't you? And then it, it's just a really weird, weird place to be in. But I think... Um, yeah, I, I think the reporting of it is quite scary, understandably, because it is terrifying. Like at one point, um, well, like I say, I thought oh, maybe we shouldn't be open. And actually, a friend of mine, he was one of the founders of Grays.com, who do the snack boxes. And they, he's not, oh, yeah. he's not involved now, yeah. but he was one of the founders um, until quite recently. And what I saw him, his wife lived locally to the warehouse and came in and helped pack. Like we suddenly were ramming anyone we knew. It was like, can you come in? And that in that week before the lockdown, when suddenly it was like, no, actually get everyone out because social distance. Yeah. So that was. Yeah. Oh God. I, I saw him and I was like, well, I don't really know what to do. And he was like, are you kidding? Like make hay. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what's going to happen next year. You don't know what's going to happen when people have got no money and redundancies and everything. He was like, you should be working through the night if you have to. And I was like, right, okay, okay, no pressure. No. <laughs> He's a business owner. And he was looking at it completely objectively, um, subjectively. And so it was kind of right. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I should be. Or we. This is an opportunity. Which again, it it just sat really uncomfortably with me initially. And then it was like, right, okay, we're going to have to. And I suppose. So what we did do um, quite quickly, we were working with a charity for March, a charity called First Days, who help um, families in poverty. And so we extended that to do it over three months. So we ended up giving them 12 grand. Wow. And then we, um, I was, I worked with Cancer Research UK and Standards Cancer, and they said that um, they're basically £125 million short this year. Oh, my God. Because of all the fundraising, the race yeah, for all gone. But the implication of that, and my friend Deborah, who's Bow Babe on Instagram, so she did a whole panorama on it. Like the funding for treatment and um, research, obviously that has a massive impact on a lot of people because cancer affects one person in two. So, um, so then we pledged to give them ten thousand pounds, and I think that's probably how I've 
in my head that and we've employed some people who had lost jobs because of COVID so I think that's how I've reasoned it in my head to go right what can I do and my husband works in finance and he was like it's quite a lot of money for a small business to give away mm. but I, it's karma isn't like you kind of have to go look I can't I don't feel comfortable to just be like well this is lovely and I'm gonna yeah. buy a new car it's like no this is the business is about being thoughtful and it would sit really weirdly if I was sitting gathering my money up and just going well lucky old me but I think that's such a good example of how how the situation how the pandemic has changed the way so many people think and behave in very very particular and unique ways Mm. you know it's become I think I think there has been a shift of priorities for, for everybody and it's a really tricky thing to to balance the business of you know making money and you know especially if people are telling you to make hay with the sunshine while the sun is comparatively shining with the kind of the idea of a social conscious and how you sit with that with the kind of you know you because you know you're living through this too so you can't get away from the fact that you know the world is quite tough right now and you know presumably your personal life has been impacted by this as well in its own way I think um, my fallout came when I stopped when I went on holiday in the summer. Right. What yeah. happened then? I just, I, well, it's probably before that. I just started to feel really low, like that. And mm. I think this is something. Just speaking with friends, I, and it's not something I kind of you don't want to bang on about it because you're like, well, basically everybody is feeling it. So I just was feeling particularly irritable at home, um, and waking up and just being feeling like Ugh, which isn't really like me I'm generally quite positive I'm quite um so my mum would say sort of sunshine and flowers like you know if I'm or sunshine and rain clouds or whatever the okay. <laughs> you would know she said as a kid you I'd walk in from school and she'd know what kind of day I'd have okay that was in. so I'm quite yeah. I'm, I'm really open I can't pretend other you know anything yeah. but generally I would say I'm fairly sped, more steady now as an adult um but I just felt, yeah, low. And then we went on holiday and it felt weird because we went, we booked it last year and we we're like, oh, we can still go because we're allowed to go. Um, it was in France. And then it just felt weird. I felt irritated, irritable. I was quite snappy with the kids, like when, because it just wasn't easy. It wasn't easier mm-hmm. than at home. If anything, being at home was easier. And, um, yeah, just just glum, just feeling really glum. Do you think it was because that was the first time that you'd not had work to distract you? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's that's what happened. So I think it was, I'd felt it a bit, but had just kept going because I had work and I couldn't stop. And so when I stopped it, and it, we were in a nice place and I was with my family and I was what I thought I wanted, actually it just made me go, oh, how I have been feeling this, but I've been distracted by work and I've kept busy. Um, yeah so actually the kind of it's you know because one of the things that a real feature of lockdown was people finding displacement activities because purposelessness is so toxic you know I mean that's the problem with unemployment is that people lose purpose and it's a really fast and rapid downward spiral and I think that you know a few you know there was absolute manic phase where people slightly saw that coming and then filled it in with crazed displacement activity but you didn't need to create that for yourself because you already had it so yeah. you were not you were masking perhaps masking some of the feelings that you were having or distracting yourself yeah. from the fact that you actually you're living through a catastrophe and then it hit you when you're on a holiday just when you really wanted a break yeah because <laughs> there were friends who I've got who are again generally quite upbeat people and they fell really early like 
they were yeah. feeling that blackness, that kind of, I don't know if black's right, but that maybe blue, that like, oh, fog early, like, like, and I said, whereas I was obviously just busy coping and I, and I was able to get out because I could go to, I had to go to the warehouse to be with the team, not every, like once a week, but that would allow me to, so that's really interesting that you still, because you still had that rooting in in the, your, you know, your your real, your old life, your your pre-COVID life. Um, it actually kind of you were just kicking the can yeah, down yeah. the road a bit. And lots of people saying, "Oh God, isn't, oh God, it must be horrific." Both of you working and the three kids, but actually, it meant we had some structure to our day because we would have to take it in turns with work. But work makes you feel useful, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's, in, that's so interesting that the experience was so different. So when you were on that holiday and, you know, you felt your moods like dip quite a bit, how did you cope with it or what did you what did you do? I, don't, I just was a bit grim, really. I don't think I was much more like a break. And we were staying in a um, mobile home for part of which my husband booked and he thought it'd be really fun and it wasn't. <laughs> that was, that didn't help. But I think... But because well, we know what it is to go on holiday with a two-year-old because we've got two older kids, but we'd forgotten. So it was like, oh, yeah, it'll still be a break. And then obviously, It's not a break. No, not when they're two. No. But we'd forgotten. No. Yeah, well, that was a – but it just – again, it's just that timing of it all. And again, and also I felt like I can't complain because there's so many people having a terrible time. That so, was <laughs> such a common – my goodness me. If I've I, if I've heard that once, I, I mean, you know, if I had 5P five, five for every time I heard that, I'd be rolling in it. Yeah. It's it, it's so – it's been such – at the beginning, there was all this stuff of, well, can't complain, dumpty, 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 dumpty. I've never been yeah. terribly jolly about it. But, you know, there is no getting away from the fact that, no, even if you're relatively protected, you're living through a catastrophe. Mm, yeah. You know, you're living through a national catastrophe and that that's absolutely going to impact people in all kinds of ways. And, you know, you may have been you know, fortunate in that you had the distraction and your jobs weren't under threat and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we were all in our own way, stewing in our own stress hormones for yeah. months and months and months and months. And that that just is unsustainable. Well, the imp- I'm getting the impact on mental health must be is, is going to be because we're still not through it, are we? Yeah. Um, so right. massive because yeah. relationships and yeah. again that was another um thing to cope with I guess well, initially we had quite I mean we kept we row anyway and I'm quite comfortable with rowing because I think it's yeah. I think it's a bad thing um oh hello <laughs> yes I'm with you <laughs> <laughs> because we were suddenly here like my husband normally is away at least once a week travel traveling with work and suddenly he was here so we had to um, we had a massive row about the dishwasher in the and it, and it was like bumbling, bumbling over <laughs> okay oh god yeah I um I, I I keep on top of stuff. That's how I would cope with our house. Okay, yeah. like you've got to keep the washing going. You've got to keep the dishwasher going. You've got to yeah. keep it. You can't just leave it a couple of days because then you're everything goes to shit. And he would wait until if the if there was a space for a cup in the dishwasher, he would wait. <laughs> and I was like, you can't do it because then I the kids would finish lunch or whatever. I'd go to fill it and be like, oh, it's it's not even on because why hasn't it been on? And there's only it's those things that are so oh. rage inducing and at the time you can't you can't mm. rationalize the kind of how it's not that big a deal but it is actually a really, really at the big time deal. it is but I mean obviously it's uh, you know if I were to say to you now Steph perhaps it wasn't about the cup 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> I ended up having a 20, I gave him a 20 minute speech. I would say it was 20 minutes of why, why that was important, why we do that, why I have done that yeah. for 10 years when you haven't been here. This is how we do it. And he kind of just by the end was like, okay, got it. And he did, he did actually go in and he just understood that. <laughs> but I'm also wondering if as well as the I'm very understandable practicalities of keeping a house running and I yeah. am, you know, I'm with you on this. I love order yeah. uh, myself. So, yeah, no, I'm a big, you know, I, you, no arguments for me on that front. But I, I wonder if there is something about how threatening the oh, fact yeah. that a cup did not go, you know, this is it, the, the things feel so precarious. Yeah. And so finely tuned and so carefully balanced and that perhaps you are just about keeping all the plates spinning, yeah. that having one thing go or or the fractional threat of disorder yeah. at the dishwasher not being switched on when it needs to be was just enough to tip you into something. Oh, totally. And that yeah. rounds at the beginning were basically that. So or I'd come out of the office and it'd be my turn to go into the kids' zone and then, yeah, there'd be stuff everywhere and I'd be just slamming around and we yeah. can't put that there and that can't do that. Because it would just, yeah, it was like, I just, I've lost all control. It then couldn't do that, completely. That. Well, but I think that was the thing. I think, I think that was what was so kind of difficult about so much of this for so many of us was this, was this feeling of complete powerlessness and loss of control. Because while mm. you can, you know, do your displacement activities and you can control little bits, actually, you know, we couldn't control the fact that, you know, a lethal virus was ripping through the population. And, and you know, you no one's left untouched by that sense. So yeah. it, it leaks into our lives in all kinds of strange ways. I think in some ways the first bit as well, in hindsight, the first bit where it was locked down, these are the rules, you can't go out yeah. for one hour, whatever it was, was almost easier yeah. than that bit that, that's so live bit when you're like oh oh and some people were comfortable seeing people and I felt I just was like oh, I'm quite a stickler for rules so I can't do that and going for a walk with people all that stuff yeah it was like oh I, you can't always looking back at the glory days and I know they weren't and the, and it was horrific but it was like well when we couldn't see anyone else I didn't have to make any decisions and that made me well this we've um, yeah we've been we've been we've been talking about that um in in this sort of rec- in the this new sort of run out because like now we have that hindsight and now we are able to kind of see almost the simplicity like you say of that time um the clearness of the rules you know it, it affected us and it was hard and in different ways depending on what was going on with you but there was no choice wasn't there it was it was a very black and white situation and, and it was very easy to follow the summer obviously changed things and and like you said it was confusing and but there was more freedoms and I kind of feel like where we're at now is like the worst of both worlds where you know it's it's the the rates have gone up obviously we're seeing this everywhere so it's like it hasn't gone away it's come roaring back the the virus but there is no simplicity. There's no all sort of hunkering down in our homes and coming out to clap once a week. That will be the bit in 30 years time when you turn the grandchildren. It really will. And Joe oh, Wills, bless her. You know, and all of that. But it feels like now, you know, without without any of that kind of crazy collective mm. energy and without the simplicity of the rules now it's 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 so fractured well, it's all you over you can't the place. make any long-term plans because you're probably going to have to cancel them and you know and we don't 
Yeah. So that yeah. you've kind of got that yeah. ahead of you. Whereas I think in that March, April time, we still were all quite, it, I think, I don't know about everyone else, but I kind of thought, well, it will end and then we'll be free. And everyone going on that second wave, like, shout out yeah. with your second wave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Like overnight, bosh, it's okay now and you wear that loose. And actually it's obviously so much more complicated than that. And it's a little bit here and a little bit there. And actually, no, you shouldn't be doing that. And that's, where, again, if you like control and you like routine, it's, you're buggered. So how are, so that's what I'm interested in now for, mm. to find out from you, um, is ha- having gone through all these different iterations of, of this pandemic, ha- um, having gone through it with your experience, what have you learned or how are you going to cope now with this kind of looming, you know, second wave potential lockdowns again how are you gonna how are you coping um, right so now so I think a couple of weeks ago because we were supposed to be in Mykonos with our friends <laughs> so because we're all turning 40 um and that got canned and then there was another gathering planned and that got canned and and I was just like you know what I think for the next four months I'll go as far as four well at least Chris up to Christmas and probably January um I just need to keep my head down and focus on work because it there's I've got that and home and that's kind of all I can manage especially in these current circumstances so the kids and work I can't really fit in the social bit and also I don't feel that inclined to do it either or not so would you say that that's sort of become for want of a better word a, a, you know a coping mechanism that because it sounded like that worked quite well for you yeah until you sort of fell over uh, uh, in, you know, on holiday. But, um, you know, does it feel like that's sort of the thing that you might be putting into place? Because as you're talking, I sort of I have this feeling of, yeah, this slight sense of you bracing yourself a bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, I mean, we've yeah. been doing as well because it, I'm expecting Don't Buy Her Flowers to go off again. I mean, it, it is only way building. We've got loads of corporate orders coming in. So we've already said yeah. people aren't going to be able to, People aren't going to want to go to the shops. They're not going to queue at the post office because no. you can like so it kind of makes sense. It's going to. We don't know, but I would imagine it's going to get really busy. So yeah, we are. We've said we're in the brace brace position at the moment. Basically. Okay, but we're so much more prepared, so it won't be quite so stressful. Hopefully, as it was in March when it was overnight. And we're going ah bugger. We've got to. So that, I mean, I presume when you say more prepared, you're kind of referring. You mean sort of more prepared, sort of in business terms. But yeah. I'm wondering how prepared or how you feel or what you think about coping personally with whatever yeah. it is that's coming up so I I went to the doctor when we got back from France because I was like mm. I don't feel well I didn't go to the doctor actually I had a phone call because obviously you can't go to the bloody yeah, no. <laughs> good luck with that so. <laughs> they, they, they were very helpful they referred me they did very quickly offer me um antidepressants which I thought was a it was a bit and I know everyone's different, but it was quite a big leap for yeah. someone I'd had a phone call. And I was like, no, no, what? I, I, and they said there is some, we can offer like some therapy and stuff. So I've gone down that route and I've had like my first session a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so I think that probably is going to help. Cause I, and I think, to be honest, this, me, my coping long term in or out of the pandemic, I probably need to work out some better coping mechanisms mm-hmm. because... I'm likely to go off at my husband 
when I, you know about the house and about this and about stuff that's completely unrelated when I feel overwhelmed and that that feeling of overwhelm is something I've had since I've had kids like yeah well yeah yeah which I think everyone feels right and you kind of like I, I posted a picture the other day that was a sketch from Hurrah for Gin, um, Katie at Hurrah for Gin, where she said, um, I just need to get through the next couple of weeks and then everything's going to get easier. And that's just like... These are the lies we tell ourselves, I think, to kind of to kind of yeah. power through, that somehow it will and just be all right after a certain keep, point. I think that, and that's something I think I have worked out in the last few years. You can't, at some point you will break. You can't just keep powering through. It will be at the most weird time if you're, you know, where suddenly you can't handle it anymore or you flip out at your partner or whatever it is. Um, so I think... I think therapy sounds like a sensible thing to do. And also there's a couple of mates who I've spoken with. But I get going back to what we said earlier about feeling a bit like, well, I haven't really got anything to complain about. It is hard to not feel that because some friends will be obviously really supportive and some probably aren't. See, when you speak with people, I can hold it together quite well. I, I don't come across as someone who, or, I mean, I'm feeling much better now, but even a few weeks ago, I didn't necessarily come across as someone who is feeling really dark. So it's quite hard for people to know how to respond, I think. I think it's extra hard with this because um, if if you had just been going through this on your own, i.e., a disease had struck your family and you had to kind of all shelter and not go out because you were going to be, you know, yeah. at risk or whatever. And it had just affected you. That would be the biggest story that you would tell about yourself to yeah. all your friends, wouldn't it? And everyone would be like, oh my God, Steph, how are you coping? Is it all right? And, and making a, a big deal out of it. That's happening to every single one of us in the world, right? So you can't give that energy or expect yeah. that energy yeah. back from absolutely everyone because everyone has their own really big dramatic story yeah and then, and then probably someone's response if I was going oh god you know I'm feeling actually feeling really low if someone then responds with oh but the business is doing really well it you're kind of like yes it is yes no. so I think seeing people that you haven't seen for a while and then them saying oh oh how's it been and I wasn't able to say Oh, fine. Oh, we had a great time. Because I, yeah. I wasn't feeling that at all. And I'd like I said, I'm not very good at pretending anything. So I kind of was like, oh, it's hard, wasn't it? And some people found that really uncomfortable. Yeah. Really? They Interesting. Like, oh, we, oh, it wasn't so bad. We played in the garden a lot. And like, which obviously they're in a coping or denial or something. So there was a weird, actually, I think you're right. That I think there was almost this weird reaction from some people as well, where they were kind of aggressively uh, talking about how wonderful it was, but not just in a kind of, oh, it's fine. Well, there's been a lot of that, obviously, on social media and the whole staycation thing. We're having a fabulous time. Then you'd speak to someone and they go, oh, my God, it was so crowded. Like we've been to Cornwall or Devon or somewhere. It was so crowded. I found it really stressful. We were camping. It was fucking awful. You're like, that isn't what it looked like, like on your social media. And I know, I mean, we we know that. We all know that. But you still see it and you still So I do okay social media a little bit around then as well well we know it and we don't know it though I mean that's the thing is there's this kind of you know cognitive dissonance isn't there is between what we see and what we feel Mm. and it's very very hard to square those two up and very often what we'll do is 
we'll prioritize what we see over what we feel because we don't always trust what we feel mm. particularly if what we feel isn't echoed by the people around us if it mm. isn't if people are going oh but you're fine aren't you uh, then we are completely lost we have no idea we are that that's we're cast adrift mm. whereas what what's so important in those moments is you know as as you know from your business which is built around this stuff is to connect mm. is to reach out and to affirm and go yeah and to actually have a moment where you're with somebody in wherever it is they are and I think the reasons that people don't do that is because it's too challenging because it touches our own pain or our own anxiety our own fear too deeply and we have to turn away but uh, you know it is it is it is so scrambling to be feeling like crap and to be surrounded by people going yay everything's fine it it's 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 crazy making and it makes us doubt ourselves so profoundly I think that's maybe why when I say that I just want to focus on work and the kids or I just want to keep my circle small for a lot of the time not all the time and obviously like I've I missed something I did miss was like little interactions with people like the one oh yes chit chat they're kind of I was and I remember going to the supermarket on like that one one weekly trip to the supermarket and crying at the till girl because she was chatting yeah yeah because I was like oh my god I did and these these strangers that you have these micro interactions were with rather you know that realization of how important that was to making me feel like a person in the world yeah yeah, and it, and it was like I had a haircut and was chatting to the hairdressers and we were chatting about Cobra Kai, which is an excellent TV show. And yeah. like, oh, this is so nice. I was like, I was like, hi. I was like, yeah. the Tesco thing. Oh, my God. I cried every time I went in there. <laughs> I would, and it would be the lady at the checkout, and I'd be like, are you okay? Because I just felt like, okay, if you're a nurse, they, they were doing an amazing job. Because yeah. they were working in a checkout. They had no. They weren't. Didn't go into it to do a job that was about no. kind of saving people, and saving people, and and putting their lives at risk. Mm. And I just felt that so much. And I would. So that's what would make me cry. So, but yeah, Ken, there was one lady. But I'm, well, I'm really missing the grandkids. I was like, oh god. <laughs> Actually, actually, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Thinking about all the people that worked in supermarkets that ended up becoming sort of impromptu counsellors for all people oh, weeping on them as we went I in. I know, I know. That I mean, the stuff they must have heard. Yeah, they I mean, my... so it's all the emotion. Oh, it's so all the emotion that was all, there. Anyway, we were all dealing with so much. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how either, because like I said, I felt overwhelmed before any of this, and then you kind of go, so how did we cope? When, well, I feel like I probably wasn't coping, but like, how did we cope? But we all had to, and we all did in some way, didn't we? Because because that's what we do. We're humans, right? And we just have to, we just have to bend and weave somehow with whatever we're thrown, whatever's thrown at us. Mm. Um, just want to kind of sort of like thinking about wrapping wrapping things up I'm really interested in in to find out whether you think you learned anything about yourself having gone through um you know the first run out of the pandemic did did you kind of have any insights about you as a person through your experiences just trying to think probably this stuff we've talked about so in that I in a crisis I think I can I can hunker down and cope pretty well but inevitably stuff comes out at some point so I think um that using having work as a coping mechanism is quite interesting because I haven't really thought about it but that's totally what I did Mm. when you have a business and three kids you get lots of people going how do you do it as if you as if you are doing it well um 
and what they can't see behind the scenes is all falling apart. <laughs> I, that's how it would be to have a routine. To, and we had a cleaner, you know, so suddenly not having a cleaner. And, and I'm, again, really aware that saying, oh, my God, we didn't have our cleaner. Some people be like, oh, piss off. But the things we put in place, that and having like after school clubs for the kids, all those things we put in place because that was how we coped with our life, which was two of us working and three children um, and having weekend, trying to have weekends clear, which we obviously still have. But all those things are there for a reason. So when they disappeared, I couldn't cope very well or there were times it felt I wasn't coping. So you kind of go, no, that's what I feel justified almost in the, what we had put into place and recognising why that we were doing those things to make our lives work. And appreciating them. Yeah. Probably more than more than you did before. I'm not saying you were totally like, you know, whatever, taking it for granted, but yeah, yeah. you don't think about them. And I think that's probably one thing that everyone has experienced is that the things that we took for granted that are so lovely. and I. There's many of them, but I think the one that's really playing on my mind right now is taking for granted that uh, arts and culture was there. And I could I could have gone to the, I could book a theatre ticket if I wanted to. I could go to a concert if I wanted to see that. And I can't do any of those. We can't do any of those things now. So, you know, and it was it, it could be as big as that or it could be as, as small as having taking it for granted that the after school care club was there. Yeah. And you could take you could take advantage of it. I think hugs as well. I really miss hugs. Mm. You see people and you kind of go, can we? Should we? And you're like, obviously, not really. And it, that's horrible. That feels really it's awful. And you re- I realised that when I see people, I would always give them a kiss on the cheek or a hug and when now you kind of have to go hello and then it's like oh shit what do we do now to feel this better it just feels really weird so stilted isn't it yeah really stilted and it's not and especially if you are a hugger it just feels horrible but I think that's one of the things that we've lost is a degree of emotional and relational spontaneity Mm. and I think that's really actively painful I think that's a, a, a real loss 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 in amongst all the kind of you know the conveniences and the just keeping things smoothly you know going uh, which are hard to lose I, I think there's a there, there, there's quite a there's quite a deep emotional mm. pain at at the losses that we encounter with each other oh well Steph it's been so lovely to talk to you yeah lovely to talk to you both all right. Well, um, I hope I hope everything goes really well this autumn. That it, it rockets, you know, for the business, and but it's manageable and it's all those good. In some ways, you don't want it to because then it means that everybody's out and let loose. But it's not going to happen now, is it? It's no, no. I think it's no. It's not going to happen. I think we're hunkering down. We're hunkering down and ordering our gifts online. So yes, yes. be prepared. Yes. Yes. yes, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Wasn't she lovely? She was absolutely great. That was such oh, an interesting story. Really yeah. was. I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily expecting that. It, yeah, it was interesting to talk to someone who actually didn't find that they found the negative. You know, they felt low and all the mm. things that we we've always struggled with until it was until the worst mm. part of lockdown was over. Until that's, you know, that's not uncommon. I mean, that's a bit of a kind of that's that very often happens in trauma situations, you know, where people sort of power through an emergency and then once they hit a place of safety, they 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 collapse and they you know they become completely overwhelmed and they sort of slam into everything is they've been through and your body is in such a state of high alert as well. Mm. It's completely unsustainable and it's 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 not surprising given, you know, all the 
all the all, all the plates that Steph was spinning. I mean, I think yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? Of of you know, a, a, on one hand, not dissimilar experience to me, as in you know, at home with three kids. Mm. But you know, I had the situation where I had no work, mm. um, so I suppose I in one way that was slightly easier. But I did have lots of you know, dark nights of the soul going. Oh my god, my career's over. It's in the toilet. Yeah. Um, but you know I didn't and therefore I think obviously I, I started my shittier moods early yeah <laughs> I, I I munched through a fair, a fair few quite early on I have to say I I you know I hit panic quite early on just well, we're early adopted, Lucy. <laughs> as we were ahead of the curve on the bleeding we're edge ahead. on the bleeding edge of psychological Cutting pain which yes. <laughs> is where you want to be right that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice comfortable spot to inhabit um anyway that was brilliant I really enjoyed talking yeah, to Steph was good. Um, so thank was good. you very much again to Steph for her time and Lucy, I will catch up with you very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be lovely. I look forward to it. All right, See you baby. soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to How to Cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, like and subscribe. It makes a huge difference and we really appreciate it. The music is Cold Funk by Kevin MacLeod and used under a Creative Commons licence. You can follow us on Twitter too at cope underscore podcast. Thanks again and check in soon for the next episode of How to Cope. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.